fantasy football catfish. Break, draft, trade. If you feel like you said something wrong and you want to start the sentence over so it comes out clean, I go through and detail it and we'll cut out any restarts and all that. So if you ever feel like, oops, I said a wrong number or a wrong name or something, you can just go back, start the sentence over, and I will fix that by the time it comes out. Yeah, like we're not live, so anything like if you need to ask a question or if anything comes up, he fully edits everything and it sounds like we're flawless and wonderful and brilliant, but really that's just editing. <laughs> well, he's brilliant and everything. He just really makes me sound good. <laughs> I cut out a lot of me too, but I, I don't like the uhs. Yeah, and I have a really bad tendency to do that. Pauses for thinking and okay, hey, behind the scene talk. I'll take all that out so it just sounds clean. Yeah. Cool. I'm an ummer big time. I'm expressive like that and so in real life, I do that too and I'll be like, um. So I do that. It's like part of my verbiage and Nick obviously doesn't love that. He goes it out. Everyone has go-to things that they say to fill space while they think. That's my thing. And they say various words. So eventually, if it becomes repetitive, then I'll take out some or all of them. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're making me sound smarter than I am. <laughs> We've got them fooled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zach's going to get done with this and be like, you sounded really good on those pods, but... <laughs> uh, I don't know who this chick was, but that is not the one from the show. <laughs> I got catfished. Break, draft, trade. Making me nervous. <laughs> kind of like the Zach show, the playoff and regular season theme where whatever his content plug thing is that we can do for him, I would like to do that. The content for Fantasy and Frames, you can discuss that. So when I introduce him, I'll introduce him. He's the director of content for Fantasy and Frames. Tell us about some of the content you produce and what you do as the director of content for Fantasy and Frames and other fantasy football fun. Sure. Okay. And then we'll go into like his what type of leagues he likes to be in and tell us about like some of his fantasy football leagues and interests and strategies and philosophies and mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. Perfect. Yep. If we can relate it to Dynasty, then it's on the theme of the show. I'm mildly nervous, but <laughs> Nick and I are so like, I haven't seen a show she likes in quite a while, so I feel like this is so horrible. <laughs> it's changed. It's in flux right now because yeah. uh, Mike had a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Mike didn't, but his wife did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah I, I've heard it's a team hey, effort. That baby wasn't there without Mike. Uh, it's true. That's true. So it's just kind of the Nick and Noble recently. So yeah. greatly appreciate you coming on. Get a third voice in here. Yeah. Noble's the truth of that. She's here every show. <laughs> do my best. There are some nights that I'm like, <gasps> I can do it. I'm like taking a nap. Mm-hmm. Her kids come in and yell at me about taking her on Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. Like Dickney comes in and starts complaining. <laughs> Bristol's like, do you have a pot tonight? I'm like, yeah, it's your bedtime at like nine o'clock. So what does it matter? You're going to be sleeping. <laughs> it's like, I put my kids to bed at seven. The baby's the one who messes up my routine. Yeah. I never got the luxury of like the people who get to put their kids to sleep like 630 and you get all this adulting time. I'm like, I never get adulting time. <laughs> all right. Nick's like, oh, this kid talk. <laughs> I don't have any kids. I have 91 leagues. That's fair. These are my babies. Which is kind of like having. Kids. <laughs> kids might be easier. You know what? We could have that debate. That is a debate I'm willing to have. It. Mm-hmm. I have this podcast that I have to take care of. Yeah. <laughs> Our podcast just got out of its terrible twos. <laughs> yeah. Twos aren't bad. Threes are way worse than twos. Agreed. Twos get a bad rap. Threes, your kids literally turn into Satan themselves. Accurate. The second they turn three, and I'm like, but you can have an absolute.
absolute fit over it and scream and yell and cry all you want, you're still not getting your way, and I hate my life right now. <laughs> yes, this is some good birth control for you, Nick. There you go. Yes. Oh, yes. The back. Yeah, I like to describe it as I dodge that bullet <laughs> and then, like, do the Matrix moves, like, dodging children. You really did. Like, sometimes my clients that come in that have no kids, sometimes I just look at them and I'm like, like, if my kids are calling or bothering me, you know, not like I'm working. <laughs> and then there's Zach, who has three. Seven younger. Three. That gets you out of man-to-man coverage. You gotta go to zone. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, the Madison's super chill. Wow, that's good. It'd be way different if she was, like, yeah. crazy. Demon filed. I'll give it another two years. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. I'm your hostess, Gina Noble. You can find me on the X at NobleG underscore FF and my partner in crime, Mr. Nick James. You can find him on the X at Iowa in the NFL. Applause, Nick, say hello. Yellow, which greeting people with a color in the Midwest is acceptable. Oh, I did not know that. Yellow. Well, yellow is the color of corn and there is a lot of corn in the Midwest. There we go. Yeah. And snow now, <laughs> at least if you're in Nashville. And snow, yeah. All right. Well, so we have a really exciting show today because we have a very special guest. Drum roll. And a drum roll, please. <laughs> yes. He is known on the X as FF Chalupa Batman. You may know him as Zach Attack. Zach, say hello to your new fans because they're going to be a fan of you. I was trying to think of a fun color that wasn't yellow, <laughs> but there, a, <laughs> we, we don't say colors in Florida like that. So I'll just, <laughs> just say, hey, and uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. It's a sunshine state. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's yellow. Yeah, orange, you glad you didn't say purple. Ooh, oh that, would have been way, that would have been a way better opening. <laughs> I blew it. Yeah, yeah. See, that was a color. Mm-hmm. Nick is the king of puns, and mm. then I'm a very close second. And you'll learn real quick that puns are love language on this show. Mm-hmm. Actually, you probably already know, because I have to say, Zach, you're probably one of our biggest supporters. I don't think you've ever missed an episode, because there's usually something I say that comes back to haunt me that you mm-hmm. think is really funny. Who's J-Jets? <laughs> <laughs> there was one. Justin Jefferson was hilarious. I don't remember it now because it's, it's been a it's been a hot minute. But there was definitely something that you said that was really really out there, not in a bad way. It was just like. <laughs> It felt like an inside joke kind of thing, so I had to throw it out there because it was funny. I enjoyed it. Oh, I wish. Well, try to remember because I <laughs> I wish I knew which one it was. There's so many, so it might be mm. hard to recall exactly which one. That is fair. Yeah. I feel like it's the Where's Waldo of podcasts where it's like, what's Noble going to say today? Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> usually has to do with tight ends. Yeah. That's usually a, oh. a, that's usually gold every, every time you guys talk that's tight ends. That's not a lie. You know, I'm just not mature enough to talk about tight ends and not make some kind of stupid comment. Mm -hmm. She leaves no loose ends. I don't. They're all tight. They're all tight, which, I mean, who doesn't love that? (laughs) See? I can't do it! (laughs) Guilty as charged. I set you up for that one. I'm sorry. Oh, sports in general just brings out the mature side of me. What can I say? Zach is... Let's give a little intro, a little more of an intro to Zach. He is the director of content for Fantasy in Frames. And why don't you give us a little 
backstory. Tell us what you do uh, with your fantasy football content. What is Fantasy in Frames? Let everybody know how you're involved in the fantasy football community. Sure. I appreciate you guys bringing me on. Like I said, it's been fun listening to you all for, I think this is year two. Been a good good time learning a lot from you all. For me, director of content sounds really fancy. I guess to some people, it's not that fancy. Uh, basically, I'm just more behind the scenes for Fantasy in Frames, uh, where I kind of put everyone together, do a lot of the recruiting to make the team a little bit bigger when we need more people. And then I help plan with our fellow directors of different. So we have like a director of Dynasty, a director of Redraft, director of IDP. So everyone kind of has their own section. So that way they can lead their people, if you will, through the off season, in season. So I just kind of help plan with them. What direction are we going on in the season? What's our goal? And then how are we going to reach that goal? And then just really, I, I do a lot of the graphics for that team as well. It's been fun for me. Content wise, this past season, I hosted a show for Triple Play Fantasy every week. That was a lot of fun. And then I did a show for the first time with Madison, who's now 10 months old. When we started the season, oh, she got to do quick math, five months old, six months old. I did a quick like, three <laughs> minute video with her every week. One start, one sit. I can't lie. My calls were not great this year with those start sets. So I try to be out on the edge a little bit. And then I try to reel it back in because the show was called Don't Get Too Cute. So then I was like, yeah, let's not get too cute. I was getting too cute. So we had some good calls. We had some bad calls. It was a lot of fun just having her on, seeing what she would do in those three minutes while she was on. That was a good time. This off season, I'll be more focused with just fantasy and frames, helping them out behind the scenes, doing some uh, a lot of graphics for them. And then I got some exciting plans that I can't talk about quite yet that I'll be working on this off season, but very excited to, to get into all of that. And for those that do follow me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, and I feel like that's everyone just says whatever you want to call it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Yep. I'll still be making plenty of cocktails and, and posting those and different food and my barbecue and all that. Like that's kind of my, my side passion, if you will, outside of fantasy football. It's not because I want to get drunk. A lot, a lot of people like to come in like, like, how are you sober right now? There is not as much alcohol <laughs> in a cocktail drink that you make yourself when you're not at a bar uh, than you, <laughs> you would think. And I spread them out. I drink plenty of water. So yeah, I, that always makes me laugh when they're like, how are you like not passed out? I'm like, I don't think you understand that there's not as much alcohol in you as you think there is. For me, I just enjoy having quality drinks and I, I enjoy having fun like learning how to make new drinks. Uh, that's where all that comes from. So yeah, that's a good summation of my content <laughs> that you'll find on Twitter's. And I like just to promote a lot of other people in the space. And you guys mentioned that with you, all, but I mean, it's a, it's a big space. There's a lot of people. I mean, if you're good people create, it doesn't have to be good content. Let's be honest. If it's just like entertaining content, that, that's mm-hmm. good content. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Now I'm not saying you guys aren't good or, and or not entertaining. You're both. But I mean, there are plenty of people out there that the advice is not always the best advice, but you can tell they tried. And that's all that matters. None of us are predicting the future. Like we try, but we don't know what we're talking about. I mean, we try to know what we're talking about, but did anybody mm-hmm. think Aaron Rodgers was going to tear his Achilles and four snaps into the season? Like mm-hmm. you can only try so much. So for me, just be entertaining, be a good person, have fun. It's really simple mm-hmm. in my opinion. We give ends for effort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even, you know, my box balling videos you like, and that's, you know, terrible content, but it's entertaining. (laughs) It's entertaining for sure. It's entertaining. But you know, that's the thing is a lot of content is about people liking you. Your advice is great, but I know myself when I listen to podcasts, you're there because you like the person. You've grown to like personalities and the way things flow and the conversations they have. And hey, bonus, maybe there's some good actionable information in that podcast. Some days are better than others. And in all fairness, this year's been crazy. I mean, 
mean, this we say it every year in the fantasy mm-hmm. world that, oh, this year is so crazy. I, like, I literally have said that every year. But I do feel like this year was particularly crazy. Nobody could have predicted the type of injuries. Injuries just plagued the NFL and fantasy teams. And it was it was crushing. And there were players that were coming out of nowhere that you wouldn't have predicted that, you know, Noah Brown at the end of the season, who was putting up monstrous games and nobody was even thinking about Noah Brown. And then he turned out to be somebody. No, that was a noble touch player. <laughs> um, I, I do want to say I might have mentioned Noah Brown. I mean, I'm just saying if you were to listen back, yep. <laughs> Curtis Samuel, <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> I'll just flex a little bit. But the only thing that could have made me look any more brilliant than those two is if Miles Gaskin actually <laughs> made a comeback. <laughs> he came back from the practice squad. On which team? Any of them. I don't even care. <laughs> He could have been driving a Zamboni and I would have taken that as a win. <laughs> like it's He's in a sport. <laughs> and I have zero actual statistics, so, so don't quote me on the numbers. Just looking back on the season and previous seasons, I don't think there was any more or less injuries than prior seasons. I think it was the fact that it was so many injuries to quarterbacks mm-hmm. that we felt it so much in fantasy football because that impacted the wide receivers, the tight ends, and the running backs for those teams because, like, no offense to, to Jake Browning, but when Burrow's out, or, I mean, God forbid, look at the Jets. Yeah. He went from Rodgers to Zach mm-hmm. Wilson and then Oof. who was the other one that was even worse than Zach Wilson but we kept trying. Herbert to stick was pretty gross. Yeah so <laughs> I think that's why we felt it so much more because there's been plenty of big injuries over the years where like a running back gets hurt a wide receiver gets hurt and like it sucks but I mean when you have when you lose your quarterback you lose that one player instead of a whole team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I think that's why we felt it so much this year is so many quarterbacks went out for the whole season. It wasn't like a game. Yeah. Hey but at least we got uh, Minshew mania out of the <laughs> Deal. Yeah, but I would have preferred yeah, Anthony Richardson all year. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. And so would all of the Anthony Richardson owners out there. Did you really miss Kirk Cousins? Yes, because he's still <laughs> better than everyone that played for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. In all his starts, he never finished lower than a QB2 before he went down. Yeah. Yeah. And he's so cute. <laughs> I know you guys probably aren't like, oh, but he's so cute. But, you know, as the girl on the pod, I'm like, oh, and he's so cute. I enjoyed him on quarterback <laughs> on Netflix. It was a good show. I loved him. Like, I never had a problem with Kirk Cousins. I, I didn't, you know, I don't really follow his team and stuff. But, dude, like, totally normal guy. And I love that. So you would mm-hmm. you would say you like that? <laughs> you like that? You like that? I like that. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I like that. Oh. Gina's just watching her spin like, what? what is he referencing? Yeah. Yeah. You can hear the mouse. On the wheel. I was like, wait a minute. Wait, I've heard this before. I got it. I got it. It took me a second, but I got it. Mm. <laughs> yes. I like that. <laughs> okay to start here and there, but nobody really wants to be married to cousins. Ah, uh, yeah. Kissing cousins is like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Frowned upon, actually. <laughs> Frowned upon. <laughs> Okay, on that note, we had to get it in there. I think every time we talk about Kirk Cousins, we have to make a Cousins joke. It's just a must. Complimentary pun. Kind of like anytime David Bell comes up, I have to sing the song. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we were watching the the Cleveland game the other day, and he made a play, mm-hmm. and Craig goes, David Bell, and I'm like, ring the bell. He knew. That bell's been gathering dust for quite a while, actually. <laughs> it's like, did you ring it like three times this season? I was like, wait, David Bell still plays? Oh. 
I get to sing the song. It was awesome. Thank you. You probably rang it twice in the preseason, and then you finally rang it last week. Mm -hmm. I did. He rang the bell, man. Mm -hmm. He did. All right, so, Zach, let's get into some of your fantasy football leagues. Your We mainly discuss Dynasty here on the show, but, you know, I, I would like to talk about everything that you do. But tell us a little bit about your Dynasty life. Sure. So, my Dynasty life is not extensive. I am no Nick uh, with 91 <laughs> leagues. I have <laughs> two Dynasty leagues, but I enjoy them very much. They're both super flex. PPR, uh, yep, they're both tight end premium. And one is 12 teams, one's 10 teams. Is it half point tight end premium? It is, I think, a full point for one and half point for the other. I don't pay attention enough to, I'm in too many leagues. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I already drafted the guys that are on my team. Um, <laughs> I do have a good tight ends though in both, both leagues, so I did care about that position. And we all like a good tight end. Mm -hmm. Yes, some more than others. That is true. I set you up again for that one. Way to smack it out <laughs> of the park. I was like, obviously I'm taking the bait. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. It's been three years now. It's my third year doing Dynasty. So I am pretty new to the game compared to Redraft. I've been playing, what are we on now? Doing quick math in my head. 18 years? That feels wrong. Has it been that long? Woo! Yeah, we'll, we'll call it like 17 years. 16, 17, somewhere in there. Yeah, 17 years. We'll go with 17. It's been a long time. So yes, Dynasty is very new to me in that sense. But I mean, it's still fantasy football. It's just looking from a different scope. So for me, I know everyone likes to talk about their the strategies and philosophies of, of Dynasty football. And I would say there's no wrong answer unless you just really suck at drafting a team <laughs> and then suck at making trades. Then your team's just going to always suck. You can be in a perpetual rebuild. You'll never win anything. So other than that, I don't think there's a wrong strategy or philosophy because as long as you're trying to make your team better, eventually you might get good enough to win a league. I like to always play win now. The concept of tanking sounds horrible to me. Or if we're in a startup, just drafting to play in like two or three years. What am I doing for the next two to three years? Like, I just want to play. What if that league folds after a year or two? Mm -hmm. um, there's no guarantee how long that league's gonna last so yep. i'm gonna play to win especially if my money's on the line let's win a couple years the first couple years and then if my team sucks after that okay we'll rebuild again at least that'll be fun because i already have two trophies behind me so yeah for me it's definitely there is a balance of getting those young players but i don't need to like oh there's a certain threshold i can't draft anybody you really want to know your league just like in redraft how does everyone value everybody like especially in super flex leagues you can really get some value on quarterbacks when they're they're the not as quote-unquote sexy quarterbacks like baker mayfield how late was he going mm -hmm. um, if you were doing a startup? I beg to differ. Baker's sexy. Okay. Yeah. Maybe his looks for you. That's another noble touch person. Yeah. But, but his value was not sexy last year. Exactly. I mean, even uh, Brock Purdy. I mean, where, where was he getting drafted mm -hmm. this summer if you were doing a startup? Because we didn't even know if he was going to be the starter, if he was playing. We, we got Trey Lance was still around. So mm -hmm. after Trey Lance, yeah. to answer your question. Exactly. <laughs> so there's still plenty of value. You don't have to get your quarterbacks right away. I like to have at least one if I'm doing Superflex early on makes me feel a little safer, but it's mm -hmm. not a requirement. And then through the season, you manage your roster. Like if you're, I, I hear Nick talk on the show all the time about making trades. You have to make trades to make your team better. You might make the other team better. That's usually how trades work. If you're actually going to make a trade, but if you're not trying to make your team better, capitalizing on value that you think is not going to stay there, and then maybe buying up players when they're lower value because you think it's going to rise, you're going to hit some. You're going to miss some. That's kind of the name of the game. So yeah, that, that's kind of how I play Dynasty. Is I want to win now. I want to have fun doing it, and then. 
And anytime I can make a trade that makes sense for me, I'll make the trade. So you're a trader. I want to be. It's definitely harder to do depending on the league. Yeah. I mean, some I've been in some leagues that are just very active with trading and then some not so much. Mm-hmm. I also don't really care about rookie picks, which sounds funny. But what I mean by that is if I can get a stud, I will, <laughs> I will trade away all of my picks. I mean, I traded in my one league this past season. I traded for Justin Jefferson. I think it was in the it was in the offseason, last offseason. I gave up all my all my picks I had left. So I think for like the next three years, I don't have any picks. I don't even care. I have Justin Jefferson now. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like I needed a, a stud wide receiver in, in the worst way possible for my my team was a win now team, but I was still hurting. Mm-hmm. And based on everyone else in the league, I really had to get some studs on my team. Otherwise, I was going to be in that middle ground, which nobody mm-hmm. wants to be it. Right. Because I wasn't really, I was too old of a team to be a rebuild. And I was missing a couple pieces to really contend. So I'd rather give up those rookie picks and hope they were middle or later rookie picks anyway. I know some people get really excited by the, it could be a boat. Those picks, you don't know what they are, but I mean, how many misses are you going to take in your rookie draft? So I'll take Justin Jefferson for however long this dynasty league lasts. Justin Jefferson will be on my team now. I'm along the same lines as far as the picks and it's specifically at trade deadlines because then they're a super hot commodity. Yep. Draft day as well, but sometimes you can kind of hit on the same draft day value at the trade deadline when the deadline's right there. Often if my pick is late, I don't have it by the time the rookie draft comes around because I've probably already moved it. I I like that. Do you have any uh, interesting stories as far as uh, trades? I do. So my first season, I at the time I was only in one dynasty league. So we did our startup. We did the rookie draft already. Uh, so this was 2021. So this was end of April, 2021. I traded away Darrington Evans. Anybody remembers him? Mm-hmm. He was a throwaway in the trade. I just wanted to name him first because it sounded more dramatic. My <laughs> 2022 first round pick. So that was next year's first round. And then the following first round. So the 2023 first round pick. So those were my only first round picks I had left for rookie drafts going into the future. Traded them away. I got back Josh Jacobs and Debo Samuel. And if you guys can recall that year, this was before either of them blew up. Josh Jacobs was, I think this was second year. So he was expected to have a good workload. He was young, very young. Uh, he's still young, but back then he was really young and I needed a, a running back two on my team that I could believe in. And then Debo Samuel honestly was kind of like a throw and this is when nobody wanted him. He's come off his, his injured year mm-hmm. and then he, the first injured year, he's had a couple. So he uh, that year, Josh Jacobs was insane. Debo Samuel was insane yeah. and I ended up, uh, I lost my first game of the season, uh, 0-1 and then I ran the table all the way to the finals and then blew it in the finals it hurt but because I was the number one team in the regular season that was I gave away the last pick of the first round and then the following year I did not think I might have only lost one game again it wasn't all in a row like that and I blew it again in the finals sorry the semifinals either way though I was the number one team by a lot both years my team was very dominant I had a good roster I just choked in the playoffs so those picks ended up turning into Christian Watson and Sam Laporta Hmm. I think Sam Laporta I would love to have him on my team right now don't know if I would have made that pick though because I already had Mark Andrews as well as a like Cole Komet and and then some just kind of like throwaway tight ends that just help in a tight end premium league just for a spot start. But I felt pretty good at tight end. So I don't know if I would have made that Sam Laporta pick. I've never really been a big Christian Watson person. So I felt like I probably got a good end of the deal mm-hmm. looking back on it. But nobody, like when I shared that to Twitter, what do you think of this deal? Like who won? Everybody hated my side because I didn't get the picks. <laughs> and this was before mm-hmm. those those players blew up. And then... Yeah. When did you ask? Which one? When did you ask? Right this? after I made the trade. This was before these players blew up. So everybody wants the picks. Oh, yep. Okay. 
Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, you gave away way too much to get because this is before Debo was Debo, mm -hmm. and this was bef before Josh Jacobs was Josh Jacobs. You got a year out of Josh Jacobs and Debo before that twenty-two pick was even made. Yep. Now you did lose Darrington Evans. Yeah, that that one will haunt me forever. <laughs> As it should. And then two years later, you get Sam Laporta, where Sam Laporta, yeah, definitely worth more now, especially if it's a tight end premium league or whatever. But that's two years of Josh Jacobs and Debo Samuel in between. Yeah. It just depends. That's why I asked what time of year, because it was like certain times a year. It's like whichever side has the picks, that's yeah. who wins, because I just want picks. Yeah, that, that, this was middle of the offseason. This was spring. This was end of April. So, yeah, everybody just wants picks. Mm -hmm. And those mm -hmm. players, those weren't big name players yet in the sense that we thought of them now. And for me, it just made sense for my team. Like, I was a win now team the way I drafted. And I did win a lot. I just blew it in the playoffs. So, for me, mm -hmm. even if I, the fact <laughs> I lost both years sucks, but if I even would have won one championship, even not winning them, I still feel like it was the right trade for me. But winning one would have really cemented that I had a chance for two. At the end of the day, you can't predict that Jake Browning and Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins are going to be starting in your championship weeks. You just try to increase your odds where you have a better chance of winning the championship. And adding those two players certainly increased your odds, whether the dice ended up rolling in your favor or not. Absolutely. And I think that's what a lot of people forget when they're looking at trades is they're so afraid of like the what if. Like we can't predict the future. So if you believe in a player or you don't believe in a player, like that's you have to just make a choice. And then if you think, like you said, even if it's a few percentage points that you're making your team better, you just gave yourself that much more of a chance to win the whole thing. Because let's be honest, the playoffs come down to luck. You just got to get yourself in the playoffs and then hope luck's on your side. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned you have two dynasty leagues. So how many redraft leagues? Uh, this year, I've been really good about managing managing my league count. I think I was at nine managed leagues, counting the dynasty. So yeah, like seven managed redraft leagues. Okay, so nine total mm -hmm. leagues. Nine total managed leagues, yeah. Managed leagues. I was fortunate enough to actually be part of the Scott Fishbowl League. I was not in the same division as Zach, but we both actually were in the 1.04 spot. Uh, and if you've never played in Scott Fish, or I don't know, I guess, I don't know how well known it is, but a lot of times there's a chat for the different positional spots where you draft. So last year, I think, I drafted at like the eight spot. I was in a eight chat. So this year we were in a four chat together. So there was lots of discussions about Scott Fish, but just real quick, you were in charge of the live draft in Orlando. Like, and also have got, you got to do some shopping with the Fantasy Cares organization for the Toys for Tots, which is what the Scott Fish Bowl is all about, is raising money for Toys for Tots and uh, the Fantasy Cares organization. So maybe just real quick, tell us a little bit about that and maybe a little bit about your Scott Fish season? Sure, absolutely. So uh, my first Scott Fish season, we'll go unofficially with Scott Fish Bowl 9. I was in the Satellite League. I heard about Scott Fish Bowl literally right as it was like about to start. So <laughs> there was no way I was getting invited in a Scott Fish Bowl 9, but I was able to join the Satellite League. So that was fun. It, basically, it's the same concept. It's just best ball, which the draft is still fun. Still got my feet wet of kind of getting into the space. That's kind of how I was acclimated into the, the fantasy football community, if you will. And then rolling around to Scott Fish Bowl 10, I got in right towards the end of the invites. I won a Father's Day contest that Scott put out there. And then the following year is when I started getting into creating fantasy football content and was fortunate enough to get into Scott Fishbowl 11. And then we finally got to Scott Fishbowl 12. I was invited by Bob Gilchrist to help co-host Orlando Live. Um, that was the first year we did live draft with Scott Fishbowl 12. So I was one of the, the lucky few that got to host a live draft. So that was a lot of fun. We did that at Coronado Springs and Disney World. We were just in a, in a room, but it was really cool to get everyone together. I got to meet a lot of people in 
person for the first time. I never got to go to the um, Fantasy Football Expo. Terrible time for my kids with, with starting school that same week. So mm. um, good luck to me to ever convince my wife to let me go to one of those. But we shall see maybe one day. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you're going because I'm, I'm hoping to get up there too. But yeah, no. The expo. I can pretty much guarantee you I will not be going this year. I, <laughs> I know my Fantasy and Frames friends, they, they went last year and people were asking about me. I, I would love to go. It's nothing personal. It's either be married or be divorced and go to the, <laughs> the expo. <laughs> it's an easy answer, Zach. Yeah. That's so, the rules. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get it. Until we can figure that out, I will continue to not be going to the expo. But that's why I do love the live draft. So I did get to host the live draft myself this past year we got to go do we, we did it at a brewery so it was a good time good barbecue food good beer and it was just a fun group a bunch of us hung out afterwards so yeah it was a lot of fun and then that led into go shopping for fancy care so i teamed up um with george and um jason and they were also at the live draft they are on the east coast of florida i'm trying to think of all my coast so i went up to their area and brought my family and we went shopping i got to spend twenty five hundred dollars for toys they had close to five thousand that they had to spend because they also had their own charity and they were supporting fancy care as well so that was a lot of toys we had a u-haul uh we filled and you would think like $2,500 doesn't go very far we got 215 toys with that $2,500 just because wow. we, we really shopped the sales there was a special program going on and then target was just great helping us out they gave us our own like two lanes we had our own like cashier was one of the managers to help process everything because it's just a lot i think it was like over 30 carts mm. it was a lot of stuff wow. so it was a lot of fun it felt really rewarding to get to that it was cool to have my kids there mm -hmm. my oldest yeah. definitely enjoyed it my middle one definitely did not understand exactly what we were doing and he <laughs> wanted a lot me? of stuff yeah he's like why well, i want this one yeah, he was like, yeah. Oh. yeah and i was like we're not shopping for you buddy <laughs> and it was funny because we did get my oldest a telescope and we already had bought it for him so we knew we got it for him he, christmas wasn't here yet he didn't know and we made him hold the exact same telescope that he had asked for we we made him hold it to bring up to the front uh, and you could like just see the look in his eyes like i want this one and my wife and i already knew that we got it for him so that was just that was a fun tease mm. madison was super chill uh my wife just wore her on her back and she had a little little santa hat on we kept forgetting she was back there because she was so chill so people would be like oh like you baby like santa hat and we're like what are you talking about like, yeah madison's on your back with a santa hat right now <laughs> um but yeah that was just a great experience i hope to get to do that again next year and yeah fantasy cares has been a lot of fun this year they've they've really stepped it up this past year we did that what 25 days of advent calendar with the jersey giveaways that was really cool i know they have other stuff planned i don't know exactly what it's planned i'm not i'm not on the, the inside inside but i know they they have stuff this year cooking so i can't wait to find out the theme for sketchfish bowl 14 and it'll be probably a little bit till we find out i plan on doing another live draft in orlando if i get lucky again so that's that's the goal for sketchfish bowl 14. nice and you guys both went really far in sfb 13. yeah yeah so i've been terrible at scottfish bowl do not take my advice for scottfish bowl until now now you can take my advice i was 0-3 <laughs> making the playoffs <laughs> it was brutal i drafted live this year again i will not be drafting live again because i just want to focus on hosting but i loved my team the people who like to just kind of look at projections and say who's good or who's bad i was the number one in my division which meant i knew i was going to blow it again and miss the playoffs and my team tried we really tried to, to blow it um and i needed to squeak in at the end and go 2-0 in the last week to get the 13 wins i didn't even have enough points to qualify so already going in the playoffs i was under the projected cut line since i already didn't have enough points fortunately my team really came together thank you trey mcbride and thank you david and joku mm -hmm. let's see joe flacco he wait time out yep. Wait, who? David who? Njoku. Mm -hmm. No, Nick, I just I just wanted him to she hear. She likes to talk trash to me because she picked him as like one of the uh, top.
top tight end twos off the board in one of our drafts. No, wait a minute. I didn't pick him as like a top tight end two. Mm-hmm. I picked him in our mock draft mm-hmm. and you were like, you were having a great draft until the <laughs> yeah. David Njoku yeah. pick. And I was like, you just, mm-hmm. you just hold your role right there, buddy. Cause I got the noble mm-hmm. touch. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that name just, you can already see she's never going to let me forget it. So that's okay. She still talks about Miles Gaskin. So what, what can you expect? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they carried me. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Scott Fishbowl 13 scoring, it was insane, especially with tight ends. Trey McBride mm-hmm. was giving me 40 points a week going mm-hmm. into the playoffs. So they, they definitely carried my team and I was able to every cutoff just squeak in and make it to the next round, make it to the next round. And somehow I made it to the semis, which was, I think, top 250, I think was. So yeah, yeah. Because I got cut the week before, I think. I think you made it one week farther than me. Yeah, the, the tricky part with the Scott Fishbowl playoffs is you have to get in, obviously, but then one bad week in the playoffs and it doesn't matter how, like I know you were like top 10 mm. for the season, uh, Gina, but mm-hmm. one bad week, mm. it doesn't matter. You can't make up that difference compared to everywhere else with those cuts. It was definitely a lot of fun. Honestly, I could win zero games and Scott Fishbowl still fun. Just doing the draft, getting to meet all the people like Gina said, having those group chats. And that's what it's all about. It's raising money. It's having a good time. If you get to win the thing, that's incredible, like cool, great. But I don't think any, it's probably the least competitive, most competitive league I've been a part of where mm. everybody wants to win it and <laughs> everybody wants to like really have a great draft and everybody wants to talk about it and it, like it's a great experience but at the end of the day nobody really cares if they don't win mm-hmm. they just want to have a good experience so yeah it's definitely the good cause a great league well there's like 3,400 other people who are losers there's only one winner <laughs> and you have literally like 3,400 other people that you just lost with so you're like yes yeah, same dude mm-hmm. same for those who are listening who, who don't know what we're talking about go to scottfishbowl.com sign up for scottfishbowl 14 you can't get in if you don't sign up it doesn't matter who you are including Matthew Barry if he doesn't sign up he's not getting in yeah this past year it got crazy up to 33 324 teams. Scott had mentioned, I think 41,000 plus people applied. So just getting in is an achievement, regardless of whether you make the playoffs or not. Is a win. Is Absolutely. A win. Yeah. And even if you don't get in, we had a, uh, there was a satellite league for underdog that was raising money. They raised, rose, I think like $50,000 for fantasy cares. And then there was mirror leagues. Like there's so many different ways you can participate in Scott Fishbowl without even being in the Scott Fishbowl. So yeah, if you have no idea what we're talking about, scottfishbowl.com explains everything. Follow Scott Fish at scottfish24. There's plenty of ways to get involved and, and have fun with it, regardless of whether you're in yeah, the league or not. It's a good time. So speaking of playoffs, let's get into how about some of your results this year in playoffs for your different leagues? Sure. Other than Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> I would say the most important league, I will save that for last for good reason. So speaking of Scott Fishbowl, he has a son, Ian Fish, who is also in Scott Fishbowl. Um, he loves fantasy football. Scott's been talking about for a couple of years of doing like a parent kids league, a kids league, the Ian Fishbowl. So he finally organized that this year called the Ian Fishbowl one. I'm sure they'll be doing more years of that. And we divided up by division by age groups. So I, my son and I got to be in the six to nine year old division. It was only eight teams. The goal was to have our kids like learn, have fun. So again, the whole like least competitive, competitive thing. I think the kids were pretty competitive about it. Not so much with each other. It was more so of like, <laughs> they just wanted to make the right calls and like have fun with it. I know for Cameron, he one didn't understand the word was draft. He kept saying giraffe, uh, which we all thought was hilarious. And we're like, no, it's, it's draft with a D. Yep. That's cute. <laughs> so we had a little giraffe on our symbol for our team. Aww. 
I let him make the picks. It was a slow draft. It was online. So we basically had a super flex league, very easy, basic settings, nothing crazy. Again, the whole point was to help kind of teach our kids, have fun. And so every round I'd be like, hey, I would recommend looking at these positions. Here's a list of players. You tell me who you want. A lot of them were picked just like by the sound of the name or something that like connected with them. So I think we took Lamar Jackson as our first pick. That's because I'm from Maryland. So he was like, oh, I like Maryland. Lamar Jackson. Fantastic. Great. <laughs> but eventually we got to the point where CD Lamb was available. He already had CD Lamb in a different kids league we did. He knows I'm a Dallas fan. So he wanted CD Lamb. That ended up being a great pick. I ended up getting him a jersey yeah. for his birthday this year since he had CD Lamb in both leagues. I had CD Lamb in my in my home league. So that was a lot of fun. But yeah, so every week he would ask about it. I think the coolest part of that league was he really didn't understand like the scoring. He didn't understand like start sit and that, that was okay. It was more that like I would talk about the players on our team, like the different names and he would recognize them when we were watching the games together where he was like, oh, James Cook is oh, on nice. our team. Like he sees him on the field or oh, there goes CD Lamb. Like he's yeah. on our team. And honestly, I'm in enough leagues that I don't even remember who's always on that roster in the moment. So we'll have a player playing and he's like, oh, he's on our team. I'm like, oh, is he not looking like, yep, he is on our team. Like, good job. So like, that was really cool to see him progress this year. Now, could he do his own draft by himself? Absolutely not. Like he is not at that level yet of, <laughs> of really understanding fantasy football, yeah. which is okay. It was just fun that he was starting to learn players. So that was really cool. We ended up winning that, but all of us made the playoffs. So really, again, it was just about having fun, but it was cool to, to let him know that he won his first league. And I told him like, don't get used to it. It's not a normal thing. Enjoy it while you can. So that leads me to the most important league that I want to talk about um, as I keep talking is my home league that I'm the commissioner of. This is year 10. I've never won this league. And this is not me trying to flex in any way, but any non-charity league that oh, I've- Oh, come on. No, 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 not this- Flex the, it. No. <laughs> any non-charity <laughs> league that I've been in more than one year, I've won it at least once, except for my home league. It's pained me so much over the years. I've had some great teams, blew it in the semifinals. I don't know if I've even made it to the finals. I think I've blown in the semifinals every year. I might've made one finals. But the worst part of this, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, my wife is in the league. She's been in with me since day one. That's what got her into fantasy football, which I appreciate her wanting to do it. It's been fun for us. She's won it three times. <laughs> Not only has she won it three times, she's gotten second place. Girls rule. Yeah, she's gotten second place like two or three times, gotten third like two times. She's dominated this league. I've never finished higher than her in the final season standings, no matter what. Even when I've been the number one team in the regular season, <laughs> I blow it in the playoffs and then she wins the whole thing. Like it pains me every year. We typically go one and one against each other. We play each other twice a year. So we usually split the regular season. It's been so painful. And then last year I was fortunate enough to win the uh, trophy smack like lifetime contest. Oh, I saw so that. So I, yeah. I won a trophy. The big, the big trophy. Yep. So I got a trophy for life from trophy smacks every year. So I decided to use that for my home league. So last year, my dad won the, won the league. I think it was his first time he won it. So that was really cool to get him a trophy. They were in the process of moving all last year. So that trophy's just been sitting in my closet for the last year, just tormenting me because I have not won this league. <laughs> and I felt like this was going to be my year. That's the best. Loved my team, had a good season, was going well. But you know how the playoffs are. You know how fantasy is. Anything can happen. So I wasn't counting anything until it was done. And finally, I finally won my home league. I don't care what I do the rest of the time <laughs> in that league. I don't care what happens in any other leagues. It's done. I've completed the championship. I have the trophy. I came, I saw, I conquered. Yeah. I don't care about the money. Like winning a little bit was cool. I didn't care about the money. It was all about getting that trophy. I That night I designed my trophy, ordered it right away so I could get it as soon as possible. <laughs> Got it last week. Um, yeah, no, that, that's the best feeling. I don't care what I do anymore. Fancy football. I've, I finally won my home league. That's, that's all I needed. Funny. That reminds me. So I have, I don't know. I think I'm, I have 20 something leagues that I'm by myself. Now I have far more of those because I co-manage so 
so many with Nick, but a lot of those are just my social, I'm there. <laughs> I'm, I'm moral support. Mm -hmm. We do, we do draft together. Anytime we co-own, we always draft. Yep. She tells me to take Puka and stuff. <laughs> Which uh, is the noble touch. I'm just saying, I think this Puka guy we should be taking here, mm -hmm. which is probably thankful to you, Zach, because Zach was a big truther, just FYI. So that may have actually trickled down from Zach. But I had one of those home league situations where I had one home league that I it was actually our church league. <laughs> I feel so wrong even saying this. I'm like, oh, I was competitive on my church league. No mercy. Please forgive me, Lord. <laughs> no mercy. None. It was the first year that Craig and I were in it, uh, but I think that it was maybe year two for the league. There was a little, I mean, it was like $100 if you won, you know, winner takes all. It was like a $10 buy-in, I think, 10-team league. That was the number one league besides Scott Fishbowl. And the only reason I got so competitive in Scott Fishbowl is because I was doing so well. And I feel like the better you do, the more you want to continue to do that well, because you, you put your own pressure on yourself. So I ended up getting a lot of pressure that I put on myself because I was just performing so well. And I was like, oh my God, like there's a chance here. So, but aside from that, the one league I wanted to win was that church league and I freaking won it. And let me tell you, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to just retire because I came and I kicked all of your butts and like, I got nothing left to prove, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm with you on that now. I did it in the first year, Zach. I'm just saying. But <laughs> not to one up you, but to one up you. I don't want to flex on you, but hey, I three peated in a, in a work league, so so don't you worry. I know how to win. I just didn't know how to win okay. in my own my own home league that I commissioned. I love that you got to do this parent league with your son. And how how old did you say he was? He turned seven pretty early into the season seven. at the end of September. Your seven year old, like I don't know if he's just like super smart and he's just catching on really quick but so my 18 year old is also getting into fantasy football and I just I just couldn't help but think about the differences obviously between you teaching your seven-year-old and my teaching my 18 year old because your seven-year-old was smart enough to have CD lamb in two different leagues which is like a great pick right my child comes out of it we bought her a Jerry Judy jersey the other day because she's obsessed with Jerry Judy Judy. I mean, I saw I saw the, the video. She was so excited. I, everyone in the fantasy football community can relate. We all have players that never pan out, but they're still like like the, the, the one that got away. I was not one of them, but how many LaVishka <laughs> Chenault truthers are still out there that are just mm -hmm. clinging on to hope? Nick. <laughs> that died a year Terrace ago. Terrace Marshall. I mean, there's there's so many. I could name almost any player that hasn't panned out. People were on them at some point. So Most of those were the ones I was touting this year. Cam Akers. Tayshaun Vaughn. Miles Sanders. Yeah, so <laughs> So you got the Nick touch and you got the, the Gina touch, but hey, yeah, if she loves yeah. Jerry Judy, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe we'll go to another team and, or maybe he'll just be a Jag, like, like Steve Smith said, we'll see. You know what though? I do love her passion for Jerry Judy. And so she, she's a lot like me. And I, I mean, it's like my never dying love for Miles Gaskin. Mm -hmm. Like he had one season that he was. Love the unlovables. One season's even it's, strong. It's true. That is how we are. Mm, Baker Mayfield. He was a 
a league winner in that season. Trust me, we had him everywhere, and I will never let Nick live it down. Ooh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought it was funny that you're all like, yeah, we had he had CD Lamb in these two leagues, and I ended up buying him a jersey, and I'm like, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. My child that I'm trying to teach fantasy football has gotten Jerry Judy, and that's who she loves, and so that's who my child's going to be drafting. Like, mm -hmm. hmm, our fantasy football teaching skills seem to be different. I'm like, you know, Bella. I'm, I'm kind of raising him a Cowboys fan until he can pick his own team, so hmm. I wouldn't say that I'm the best parent. Like, I would question my parenting skills if I'm if I'm raising him a Cowboys fan right now, so, <laughs> so give yourself some credit. He said it, not us. <laughs> oh, I'm a very realist. Anybody that follows me on, on X or, or hears me talk about the Cowboys on any of my shows, I'm a very realistic Cowboys fan. I grew up where I was young enough to be around for the Super Bowls, but not old enough to enjoy them, so I got to enjoy the likes of Quincy Carter, Drew Bledsoe when he was pretty much done. Who else do we have? There's, there's another Drew in there. I mean, Drew Henson. Uh, it was rough until Tony Romo came around. So, And then we've never really done anything in the playoffs. So I just want to enjoy watching football. And if they do well, great. And then when they lose in the playoffs, it's expected. So I don't get myself up to it. I'm never one of those, this is our year. Uh, you'll never hear that come out of my mouth unless they actually win the Super Bowl. And then I'll say, this was our year. I'm mean, not, this is our year. So I'm a very realistic Cowboys fan. The Cowboys can go to the Super Bowl if they buy their own tickets this year. <laughs> When I was in seventh grade, my uncle decided that he was going to get us each personalized jerseys, and we had to pick a favorite NFL team. Me, I had only watched the Iowa Hawkeyes. I didn't even watch the NFL. It's like, uh, the Cowboys? So I have a jersey that says Shafe on the back, which is part of my last name, and the number seven that is Dallas Cowboys. America's team. It's like, uh, I guess I know who Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith are, so the Cowboys. <laughs> there you go. So wrapping up our fantasy playoff talk here, uh, obviously the NFL is getting into some exciting and some not so exciting games and playoffs, but let's go over some fantasy regular season MVPs. So who would you say was a fantasy MVP for you this season? For the regular season, you're looking at, from a quarterback perspective, guys like Hertz, Allen, even though some people are like, oh, they didn't have a great year. They both had, what, 15 rushing touchdowns each. Some was a tush push. Some was just <laughs> Allen doing his thing. However you want to look at it, they still scored lots of rushing touchdowns. So it didn't matter what they did. Throwing the ball, they were getting fantasy points. That's all we care about. Running back, easy one, is <laughs> Christian McCaffrey was insane. It helps when he doesn't really get hurt. Yeah. He just runs and catches. I mean, he just scores touchdowns. You love to see it. And then Tyreek Hill was a freak as we all were hoping for in the regular season. CD Lamb definitely came on, I would say, on the second half of the season after the, the bye week is really when you saw him take off. So if you were a CD Lamb manager, the first, like, what, six weeks before the, their bye week, you probably were a little nervous. It did not look great. And then he went nuclear for the second half of the season. Looking at tight end, take your pick. Hawkinson was really exciting until he got hurt. Everyone was down on Kelsey. I don't know with all the Taylor Swift hate. It was not a normal Kelsey season. He still was a great tight end, though, from a fantasy standpoint. Mm -hmm. And then Ingram, he almost set the record for most catches for a tight end in a season. I think he came up, what, too short? Those are probably your my standouts for just looking at the regular season specifically. Yeah, and thinking to your C.D. Lamb comment, Dak struggled in the beginning of the season, and 
then he started to really come around, which probably helped C.D. Lamb's cause. So the two of them were were then on fire, which helped C.D. Lamb really rise, the cream rise to the top there. Yeah, we'll get to it later on in the segment, but I, I made a joke on one of my shows with, of course, I do a podcast with an Eagles fan, a 49ers fan, and I'm a Cowboys fan. So that was always fun this season. But we joke that Dak Prescott got you to the playoffs because he was just insane at the same time C.D. Lamb was insane. And then he immediately kicked you out of the playoffs because he choked uh, week 15 if you were playing mm-hmm. him that first week of the playoffs. So that happens too. And I I can attest to that because that was my Scott Fishbowl <laughs> life. <Yep. laughs> Thank you, Dak. <laughs> Backing up what you're saying there, Noble, CeeDee Lamb never finished lower than wide receiver 21 from week six on. And then Dak Prescott never finished lower than QB 17 from week six on. Now, that was the highest he finished in the first five weeks to what you were saying there. Yeah, an absolute hot end to the fantasy regular season. And some people might not think like CeeDee Lamb, like, oh, he didn't finish below wide receiver 21. Like, to some people, that doesn't sound impressive. Like, oh, wide receiver 21. That's insane consistency. It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to have a bad week from time to time. So the fact that he was never outside of not even a wide receiver three, a wide receiver two for that long of a stretch, he's a set and forget it. He probably won you multiple weeks. He never lost you a week. That's what you need in fantasy football. And a lot of people like to look at those boom weeks and they forget that plenty of their favorite players have some bad weeks throughout the season. Yeah, good point. Especially at wide receiver. Yeah. Who would you say were your biggest positive surprises this fantasy season? I would say for quarterback, Purdy was a big surprise, I think, for everybody. Now there's plenty of Purdy truthers, and you guys got it right. And I'm not saying that I was against Purdy. We just didn't know who the starter was. If you guys remember, in even training camp, was it Trey Lance? Was Purdy going to be healthy in time? He was coming back from, I mean, basically it was Tommy John surgery, more or less. And mm-hmm. with baseball pitchers, it's a completely different mechanic. I get it. But they're out for an entire year. So we didn't know what he was going to look like. He was great all year. Who expected Mostert at age 31 to <laughs> lead the league Nobody. in touchdowns. He put up like 20 touchdowns. That was insane. HN was was crazy too. But Who expected Mostert to stay yeah. <laughs> uh, to stay healthy for most of the season? Correct. I'd be crazy not to mention Puka. Nobody saw that. I mean, yeah, some people saw it coming. Nobody expected him to do what, what he did. I mean, we're recording this after the first round of the NFL playoffs. It looks like he's now the number one wide receiver on that team. Cup dealt with injuries. He's getting older. But Puka's just been insane this year. Uh, you love to see that. How many times have we all talked about t- uh, rookie tight ends? You can't trust them. Like, give them a few years mm-hmm. to learn. Laporta mm-hmm. was the tight end one this year, so he was a huge surprise. I believe in process over results, so I'm not going to say let's draft Brock Bowers mm-hmm. uh, early next year just because he might be our favorite rookie tight end. Let's see where he lands first. But just because one player did that, he's the outlier. He's not the rule. However, it was exciting and he was a surprise. But yeah, some people get a little... They use last year's uh, results to then go into next year and I believe more in process over results. Yeah, so you're saying don't get too cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Madison tried to tell you all season, don't get too cute. Yep. Don't get too cute. Of course, when we, we have biggest surprises, we always have letdowns. So who are your biggest fantasy letdowns this season? Sure. So this is going to cover all of the positions in one. I, I shared this at the end of my fantasy uh, season show. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. How excited mm-hmm. was so many people, I, I, me included, <laughs> they had a great preseason. We need to remember that the defense Defenses in preseason are playing very vanilla. They're not playing all their starters. They don't want to tip their hands on anything they're doing. So I would hope you look good in the preseason as an offense. And man, did we fall for the Steelers? They were terrible. Yes, George Pickens made some great plays. Awesome. How many le- how many weeks did he still blow it for you oh. when he what, was fortunate enough to get like two catches for less than 30 yards? And finally, Deontay Johnson scored touchdowns, but not consistently enough from a stat standpoint to really help you. When did you trust him? Pat Firemuth dealt with too many injuries. So 
So he was a bust this year. And Kenny Pickett, we should have all saw that coming with his small baby hands, as we like to say. Not, no, no shade, Kenny Pickett, but... <laughs> Oh, all Tiny the shade. All the yeah. shade to Kenny Pickett. Yeah. So so I'll cover the Steelers on that one. Uh, the other letdown, <laughs> no offense to your daughter, Jerry Judy. Uh, we were all still trying to buy in. <laughs> I better not listen to this around her. She'll be highly offended. In one of my two dynasty leagues, I have Jerry Judy. I mean, I believed in him. I still want to hold out hope, but he still was not good this year. It was rough down year for him. Oh. Yeah. So those are probably my standouts. Oh, I see him on the list. I can't skip him. Miles Sanders. Man, mm. that, that guy needs mm. to hurts. Allegedly should be arrested for robbery. Mm-hmm. He made so much money this year with that contract. <laughs> I think he's still going to make tons of money next year. He didn't have to do anything after a few weeks. Now, I think injuries played a role. I think he actually looked pretty good at the start of the season. I will give him that credit. Then he got hurt and it never came back. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. And I had him in Scott Fishbowl and yeah, he rode my bench all year. <laughs> I think I finally dropped him in the playoffs. I'm like, I can't trust you. You're gone. You had Hurts too though, right? I, yeah, I had Jalen Hurts, yeah. I did the super stuff with the Eagles. I had Hurts, Devontae Smith, and then we had to have a kicker and sleeper. So I took Jake Elliott because of the way the kicker points worked in that league. Mm-hmm. I was just getting tons of points anytime he even scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It was an extra 3.3 points. I had Jake Elliott too. I will say, I feel like he fell off a little bit at the very end. He did. They, they kicked less field goals for sure. Yeah. So thanks to Linda Lyons, who is the kicker queen, mm-hmm. she's the one who actually did all of the statistical, like with the Scott Fish scoring, because because in Scott Fish, extra points typically are only worth one point in most fantasy leagues with kickers. But in Scott Fish, they were worth 3.3. It was all by yardage. 3.3. So you didn't necessarily want just somebody who was going to go out there and kick field goals, which is typically what you are trying to grab as a mm-hmm. kicker that's going to kick a lot of field goals. You were getting, if you had a high scoring offense and they were going in and just kicking extra points galore, you were really racking up the, the points. So kickers were actually very, very valuable in Scott Fish. Yeah, Aubrey probably won people some some matchups in Scott Fish to move on in the playoffs when he was just kicking bombs. Yeah, yeah, so... I see you, you. Yeah, I see you have Dotson on this list too, and he was a total bust. Yeah. Because I love Dotson, but man, it was painful. Yeah, that whole offense was painful. I fell for the narrative with Quentin Johnston. Oh yeah. And was taking him over Addison in every draft, usually like one pick before, and that didn't work out. And even if you took the number one wide receiver in this draft in JSN, you pretty much were better off taking any of the other ones other than Quentin Johnston. No, I will say for Dynasty though, I believe in JSN. Mm-hmm. Yes. I still think that was a good pick. I don't think you should have been expecting much from him being the third wide receiver. I can't imagine Lockett playing over him going forward. It wouldn't shock me if they get rid of Lockett. Now there's a whole new regime coming to Seattle. So I would still be very high in Jason and in Dynasty. But yeah, he did not have a great rookie year compared to... But we've been spoiled a lot mm-hmm. by the recent rookies where we, we kind of forget that. It normally was like the year two bump where you'd like to see from mm-hmm. rookies. And then there was like the leap was year three. Whereas some mm-hmm. of these rookies are coming in year one, Pukunakua, mm-hmm. just going insane. And I mean, look at Nico mm-hmm. Collins. Was this year three? That sounds right. Was this year four? I think it's year three. Yeah. He made his leap. He had a great year, but he was terrible for a couple of seasons. So yeah, you can't give up, on, especially in Dynasty, you can't give up on players if you really believe in their talent because their situation can change very quickly. Now, if you don't believe in their talent, like for example, Quentin Johnson, I don't know if there's enough talent there to help him, but mm-hmm. who knows? Let's give him another year. Where you drafted him, you're not going to give him up right now. So you might as well hold on to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he's surrounded by wide receivers that could be using walkers to get around. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, it just looks like the path was paved there. In Mike Williams' defense, he's injured. He needs a walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Keenan Allen and Williams were both injured. Well, Keenan Allen was healthy most of the year. Then he got hurt at the end, and they were already out of the playoffs, so why come back? He probably would have only missed a couple weeks if they wow. were in contention. You would have liked to see Quentin Johnston have Step up? a chance. Yeah. Nope. Josh Palmer season. Hey, in his defense, <laughs> yeah. he did get some great targets in the year. He just let them fall right through his hands. Yeah, well. <laughs> and then kick him off his knee. Bada fingers. And I do want to point out too, so JSN, you know, it's really funny because you talked about a Twitter post earlier that you made about that trade and that everybody was like, oh, you lost that trade. You know, it reminds me of the post I made at the beginning of the season where I had asked mm-hmm. about Puka <laughs> or JSN and they roasted me. And I wasn't, I mean, at the... <laughs> time, okay? I wasn't actually asking about, I wasn't like, hey, that like throw this JSN guy out, but it was in the circumstance because of injury, because Cup was out, Mm -hmm. I was like, do we think this Puka character can come in and actually have a sizable role versus where JSN is going to play right now, being wide receiver three on a team? I wasn't saying, who do we think is going to be the overall better player? Who would you rather have on your roster it was a in the moment but I think it was taken as like and I felt like people wanted to say to me like you idiot why would you ever put Puka in over JSN and then Puka goes out there and like crushes it and I was like well I didn't look that stupid and now I look like a friggin brilliant person that I you know I'm like okay can we revisit this real quick wait so Gina (laughs) you're telling me people on the internet didn't fully read the entire question and understand what you were trying to say I am shocked and appalled that that would happen. Yeah, or maybe I didn't communicate properly, but I think it was more of probably, yeah, they didn't. They just jumped to conclusions, which happens a lot on the internet. You're right. You're right. Point taken, Zach. Hey, at, the, at the end of the day, you still won because you, you went with Puka, so I did. enjoy this championship. I did, and I had him on my Scott Fish team all season, which was probably one of the reasons I made it as far as I did. Looking back, I think it's a lesson in that not everything is black and white, right and wrong. Ooh, yeah, no. It's just 50 shades of gray without the uh, inappropriateness. <laughs> Sexual content. <laughs> yeah, and not Noah Gray either. Hey, depending on your fantasy league, it might feel like mm. it's inappropriate. I mean, we are talking fantasy here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Okay. And uh, in fantasy, I uh, was overweight in Rashawn Johnson, which hasn't happened this year, but still hopeful for next year. Yeah, um, I think he's going to be the hot name that people talk about in the offseason. He's one where if they don't put somebody else there, then you can get a reason to be excited, even though it was Herbert at the end of the season. A little bit of a disappointment for me. You touched on Kenny Pickett. Uh, my guy never finished as a QB1 this entire season. He got his first game with two passing touchdowns, at least. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I love all of the tweets, though, of people doing stats of, like, this player is playing three games and they have more touchdowns than Kenny Pickett in his career. Like, all of those <laughs> have been hilarious this year. Blast. Some of my favorite. Kenny Pickett slander. Mm-hmm. Pick three people, however you pick it. It's uh, not going to be as good. I think Brownie might have more career touchdowns now than Kenny Pickett. Yep. Now, uh, Bryce Young, who you were taking probably over C.J. Stroud, Ooh. or at least in a, in a ton of drafts, that's how it was going. He's one where I'm glad I sold all my early picks, whereas CJ Stroud, you know, not as excited. I really thought that trading out pick 104, 105 for like Garrett Wilson, Olave, that this was a good
good swap out where I'm selling at what the most this QB is going to probably be worth going into next year now when I don't need QB. And it turns out I probably got a good deal if it was Bryce Young mm -hmm. and it was probably a terrible deal if it was CJ Stroud. Absolutely. Do you have any CJ Stroud? I do not. No, because I'm thinking of Dynasty. No, I, I don't have I don't have any picks in Dynasty. I, I oh, trade yeah, away all facts. my picks. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I get a last round rookie pick. <laughs> I just trade them away. I trust myself more to, to collect mm -hmm. current NFL talent than, than get those rookies right. Mm -hmm. Too good to draft rookies. You might have ended up with like Brock Purdy, which that was pretty awesome. And even during like the uh, regular season, Russ wasn't that terrible. Mm -hmm. There's only two players that finished top 12 at their position 11 times during the uh, fantasy regular season, and that's Jalen Hurts and CMC. And CMC, I had a rebuild where I sold him. I got a first and a couple other players including Kyron Williams. He's someone who I'm not super excited about next year. Two mock drafts so far in 2024, and CMC's gone in the second round both times, and I'm not touching him anywhere as close to there. Superflex? Yep. Yeah, that feels too rich. Yeah. I mean, he's a great win-now player. Like, if you are all in on next season, go for CMC, but he's going to retire on your roster. Yep, and it could be one more year, but it's like, you know, I've been willing to be out for like two years, so shame on me, shame on me, but, you know, not shame on me three times. Gosh darn it. I'm not taking him this year. Not doing it. You can't make me. You've committed. Yep. Tyreek was also someone who I was kind of avoiding. He put a timer on his own career. Like, I'm going to be done after this. And it's like, all right, I'm out. I can see the end of the tunnel. And uh, it was pr probably should have waited till this year. I'm thinking probably, yeah, MVP status might be the best player he could have had this year. But, you know, too old. He's too old. Well, I don't know what exactly that's worth in Dynasty, but it's probably worth not getting rid of for what you probably would have been able to get out of him. But uh, yeah, Tyreek, someone who I absolutely whiffed on not having in hardly any circumstances. Yeah. My last one here is Jordan Love, and that's due to his consistency in the regular season, which is at least the segment we're doing right now. And uh, he never finished lower than a QB2 during the entire regular season. And you could even extend that into the playoffs. Like, absolutely huge surprise for me. There was a year after his rookie year where he was dropped, and in a 16-team super flex, I picked him at the end, beginning of the second round in the rookie draft where they included vets, and since traded him away for probably too little, just like I did with a lot of Brock Purdy out there. But Jordan Love, absolutely a surprise this year. I don't know if he was one of the ones you mentioned or not. Love for me, he was like I still don't know if I believe in Love, and it's no no shade to him because in the beginning of the season <laughs> you're he had married. Some... <laughs> I should rephrase that. I, I should rephrase that. I don't know if I believe in Jordan Love. And that's no... <laughs> Be real careful, okay. Zach. That's no shade on him. Like, I remember at the beginning of the season, he had some great games, but it was against terrible defenses. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, let's see what he does against real defenses. And he had some bad games. Now, I know he didn't finish outside QB2, but they weren't league-winning games for you, the week-winning games that week. So I didn't know what to think, and then all of his weapons kept getting hurt. Like, were they ever all healthy at one time? I don't think so. I think there was always somebody hurt. No. But he still found mm -hmm. a way, and he did look good at the end of the season. And I still don't know in Dynasty if I trust him because it's it's been one year he's already 25 not that that's old for qb he's got young assets so everything tells me i should buy into jordan love and i should trust him and i'm still not there yet because he i think what it for me he doesn't run enough he's athletic but he's not a running quarterback he really doesn't scramble that much and 
there's just too many other quarterbacks in the league that just their legs alone give me a safer floor mm-hmm. than Jordan Love. And I think because of how he's finished the end of this year, he might be overvalued. And you may want to look at, I know Superflex, it's, it's crazy to trade quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but you may want to look yeah. at seeing if you can get a King's Ransom for him. There might be someone really excited after the season and his floor might be a lot lower than we all think if he's not hitting it on all cylinders every week. So can I do a quick Jordan Love or with you? Absolutely. Jordan Love or Tua? Jordan Love. Mm, I like it. That's about where <laughs> it's been going in, dra- in the couple drafts I've been in so far. Jordan Love or Trevor Lawrence? Ooh, this one's tough. I think that you could convince me either way, but because of their current weapons and their current team situation, I'm going to take Jordan Love. I like it. He's not even a year older than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, for me, it's not an age thing. To me, it, that's about their offense. Mm-hmm. Jordan Love, Brock Purdy. I will still go Brock Purdy again because of that, that situation. Even with CMC eventually aging out, I mean, the way they run that offense, you could pretty much throw any running back in there. I'm a little scared that if Brock Purdy ever actually got hurt, like, you know, Tommy John surgery that actually holds him out during the season or something, that his value drop could be tremendous. But it's really hard to argue with that sentiment right now. Jordan Love or Dak Prescott? So I'm a Cowboys fan. Okay. I try not to bring bias into my my analysis because that doesn't help anybody. I'm still going Dak Prescott. He's not that Mm -hmm. old. You're still attached to CeeDee Lamb. I know he had a horrible, and by horrible, I mean he still threw, what, 400 yards and three touchdowns. It was all garbage time. But he still put up stats. Um, He's going to get paid. CeeDee Lamb's going to get paid. It's hard to argue the way that they run that offense. I don't care who the coordinator is. They're just going to throw it with Dak a lot. And he puts up points. Is he a better real-life quarterback? I don't know. But for fantasy, Mm. I'd I'd rather have Dak. Yeah, he's uh, at least got the best weapon of the lot, at the very least. He is 30, but, I mean... You still like Cousins as a consistent producer at 34, 35, Stafford, same age. So it's like, are you really thinking more than a high school's worth of time in the future when you're taking a quarterback in Dynasty? So I could understand it. And I definitely understand the perspective with Jordan Love and not offering like the rushing upside because he projects now from what we've seen, it looks like this is going to be someone who's a consistent QB2 to a back-end QB1. Doesn't really offer that upside of if he can be 80% of the passer that Jordan Love is, plus his rushing, he could be QB1 any week. Like, he could happen periodically and frequently. Now, if he's going to be a good QB and he's accumulating stats, is he going to have a somewhat safe floor of, like, a QB2? Yes, but if that's what he is, then he's not too far separated from, like, Derek Carr, where it's like, yeah, yards, maybe he's better, and okay, I like him more than that, but it's a lot further away from, like, Jalen Hurts that is always going to have of rushing and the occasional pushes of tushes. I think a great player to talk about this very polarizing is Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I mean, this season he had his injuries. So if we're looking at just regular season, he played in, what, nine games? Four of them were QB1, four QB2. In the playoffs, three games, two of them were QB1. Like, he's going to, he has a better chance of winning you a week because of his rushing ability than someone like Jordan Love might be more consistent of he's always going to finish in the top 24, mm-hmm. but he might rarely ever finish in the top 10 whereas Mm -hmm. someone like a Justin Fields he's either going top five or he's what end of QB2 so it really depends on your roster construction but for me I'd rather gamble quote-unquote gamble a little more on those high upside guys absolutely because if you're if it's just passing that's what you're about your bad weeks are going to be QB3 weeks which Mm -hmm. means they shouldn't have even been in your lineup Justin Fields your bad weeks are low on QB2 weeks whereas Jordan Love your good weeks are 
our QB2 weeks. So it's just talking a difference of what it could potentially be on the top end. And uh, I'm right there with you. I uh, hope he, Justin Fields, and Belichick unite on some team other than the Bears next year. <laughs> Jordan Love or Jared Goff? Jordan Love for Dynasty. Yeah, absolutely. Goff is my favorite QB to get as my QB2, QB3 later in the draft, probably going into next year. Absolutely. he's not going to be taken in the top 12, and he's going to produce better than a lot of people that are probably taken ahead of him, but it's it's not sexy. It's gross. It's Jared Goff. It's the Lions. But it's the Lions that won their first playoff game, so. He's getting a little sexier. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I owe Jared Goff an apology mm-hmm. because I dry heave so many times. Go off. He is. Jared, go off. Exactly. <laughs> For me, it, it's about his contract, though. Mm-hmm. He almost feels like a one-year rental every, every year, and he might get another extension, another one-year extension. Like, he could be great for the next three years, like you said, as a QB2, and he, mm-hmm. he has tremendous value for him where you're getting him. He also could play next year and then be done. Mm-hmm. Like, there, the, yeah. there is that risk. So, there's no security in his, in his contract situation, and that's what scares me. Yeah. You see the trash talk between him and the, be, them beating the Rams, you know, his former team or whatever, and he's like, Jared Goff's good enough for us, is what the coach said. <laughs> throwing shade at the Rams, because obviously he wasn't good enough for the Rams, but he's good enough for us. That kind of at least gives me confidence in next year, which still goes along with what you're saying is after next year could he be gone you know but do they give him an extension because i think i think he mm-hmm. if i remember correctly he's signed through next year but do they give him an extension this offseason or do they make him play it out because if i'm him i don't want to mm-hmm. play it out i want an extension but does the team really trust him beyond next year we don't know yet like it's it's too early to know i mean i'd want to throw it on on ross st brown absolutely 100 but yeah you're absolutely right he's a free agent in 25 well let's rapid fire uh the last three let's go so we just did fantasy regular season let's finish out with fantasy playoffs and let's go ahead and do who's your fantasy playoff MVP All right, or MVPs. So for quarterback, I'm going to go with Lamar. Flacco feels like an, an easy one, but you had to have him. Mm-hmm. You had to get him at the end there and trust it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Lamar, you weren't going to ever bench him. Mm-hmm. So he definitely won it for you. Kyron Williams was an absolute stud at running back at the end of the season. Wide receiver, for me, I got to go with CeeDee Lamb as a Cowboys fan. And because I had CeeDee Lamb and he carried me to a championship, I got to go him. And then I would be remiss to not say Najoku after what he did for me in Scott Fishbowl. He was just possessed when Flacco took over there. Mm-hmm. He had a great season at the end of the season, especially. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Pretty much from the moment Noble touched him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's probably true. <laughs> oh, he was a man on fire. Okay. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was bad. <laughs> Soon. Yeah, I think if you're making an argument for season-long MVP, Hertz belongs in the discussion. And, yep, it was definitely disappointing watching him yesterday. But in the playoffs, he was the only QB other than Joe Flacco, who was a QB1 each of the three weeks in the playoffs. So if you didn't secure that buy, you need to win all three weeks. It was Jalen Hurts or Joe Flacco who were putting up QB1 weeks for you. Now, Joe Flacco free. The argument for maybe not drafting a QB3 or paying a high price for a QB3, or at least will be used as part of the the crutch for that argument going forward. Let's see. Zach, 
you're picking 1.01 in a startup super flex for next year, who's the QB you're taking? It sounds crazy after what we just saw in the playoffs, but still Jalen Hurts for me. Yep. And that it is for me too now. And that's overtaking Mahomes. And I think it's still pretty 50-50 with like Josh Allen. Yeah. Now, if I have the 101, if we're really playing this out, I would try to trade down a pick or two. Mm-hmm. Amen. To get some value because I don't think Jalen Hurts will have the 101 value going into this offseason because of what's been happening at the end of the season. And too many people mm-hmm. forget how good his regular season was. There's going to be so much turmoil now with the Eagles with uh, Jason Kelsey mm-hmm. just retired. That offensive line's different. What are they doing with the coaches? He's still a great player. He's still great for fantasy. So if you can even sneak out some value by trading down one or two picks and still get Jalen Hurts, I would I would love that. Yep, definitely a tier. So we are currently doing a mock draft, Nick and some of the people that we we know and i have the 101 spot and i'm gonna tell you i've never hated a draft (laughs) spot more in my life right now like every pick i'm angry (laughs) i'm actually angry because i've either just missed my guy Mm -hmm. or i feel like i would have to reach to have the person Mm -hmm. i really want and there's somebody else dangling there that she has no lions Nick, if I picked Amonrat the 101, would you hate me? (laughs) And if it was my actual team, I might have just taken him because this is the only mock draft I've done for the season. So it's obviously a little premature to say this, but where it stands right now with this group and every league is different because everybody values players different. But in this group, the middle of the pack is by far far the best place to be by far you don't want to be in the 101 because you have to make that decision where things are so close and you're like i could make an argument for any one of these so 100 percent 101 i would want to trade back specifically this time of the year because right now there's a whole lot of uncertainty we haven't had even the combine let alone the draft and then free agency yet so there's a lot of mystery and murky so i kind of like the middle where i can just pick the fallers because people are going to unnecessarily avoid certain people or unnecessarily take certain people without necessarily considering all the possible outcomes that are going to happen during this offseason. So I'm right there with you as far as like in the middle right now. And I will say Nick's team is so much better. We're not talking draft strategy (laughs) in this show, but I'm going to sneak it in real quick. If you're drafting on either end, whether it's the early or late pick, you're always going to have to feel like you're reaching for guys. You have to ignore ADP. You have to go get your guy. You have to make a, a choice because you're waiting anywhere from what, 20 to 24, depending on how big your league is, even more mm-hmm. picks until your next pick. So mm-hmm. you're going to skip multiple tiers, if you will. So mm-hmm. if you really wanted Amon Ra on the 101, sure, go for it. It's your guy. It's your team. You want to you want to enjoy your team. But I don't care what year you're drafting. If you're the early or the end, you're always going to feel like you're making some weird value picks that are end up, hopefully they work out for you. Like you said, Pukunakua, you could have gone at the very end of your draft. But I'm sure someone made that pick thinking like, oh, this is going to be a throwaway. It doesn't matter who pick a player that did well. You're going to have to make a bet on a guy and if you believe in him great and if you don't don't draft him but it's always going to feel icky if you will when you're on those ends because you're reaching according to adp yeah mm-hmm. yeah especially now where adp is uh, a joke yeah all right so just to finish out our last two so your fantasy playoff biggest positive surprise all right so i kind of hint him for mvp so we'll use him for this one flacco never would have expected to keep playing him that was great he's really the only ones that like really stood out surprise. I know there's some other guys on the list. I'll, I'll let Nick n- name those guys because for me with the playoffs, I felt like the way I drafted my teams and the way that 
the ones who were in the championship and then the playoffs, like I just kept playing my my normal guys. So some of them had good seasons, but yeah, no one like really jumped out other than just I was shocked that Flacco was able to to play as well as he did. I don't know if it qualifies as necessarily like an MVP, but if there was like an LVP, like least valuable player, Zamir White might have been made the list for a regular fantasy season where he was not worth playing in your lineup at any point, but <laughs> was viewed as one of your coveted backups because it's just behind Josh Jacobs on a one year deal. And then the fantasy playoffs are all around and he's RB 17 or better. Now, I mean, like, that's not like a weak winning thing, but as far as someone who's free, you completely turned it around. Yeah, you could say Zamir White was absolutely a surprise after not even cracking, like, RB3 throughout the season and then being someone you were playing all the way through the fantasy playoffs. Aiden O'Connell, he was someone who, when I lost Herbert, I actually had to play him in a couple leagues. If I remember correctly here, let me pull that up here. Yeah, first round where he helped me advance being QB3 on the week and then completely (laughs) crapped his pants in... week 16 and probably knocked me out of any weeks where I could have been playing in week 17 where he was again a QB1. So someone who's a surprise in the playoffs where Aiden O'Connell who? Purdue? Iowa smashed him. He's no good. Well, he was good enough for two QB1 performances during the fantasy playoffs. So you said uh, Flacco that was something towards the end of the season that ended up being a sweet pickup and maybe giving credence to like zero QB. Maybe not zero QB, but maybe zero QB three or something like that as far as the strategy going forward. Noble's love, Baker Mayfield. But even here in the playoffs, knocking out the Eagles. As soon as that game started, I was like, no, not the Eagles. No, <laughs> this is not the upset I want to see. I, I, I picked the Packers over the Cowboys. I was there for that one. Ooh. Yeah, I wanted the Eagles to win the Super Bowl, so that bracket is busted. But yeah, if you rolled with used cars of the Derek variety, then that was something that was a QB2 or better throughout the playoffs. Another one that I really was surprised about and happy to have. Someone who we touted in the offseason as when all the QBs are gone, you can take Derek Carr and it can be okay. <laughs> it was okay. And then one last nobody, Jawan Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you think. Yep. It's not he's like you were dead. actually playing him, but if you somehow. I might have played him a couple places. <laughs> no lie. <laughs> You played him? I think I did actually play him in a couple of leagues. I'm just saying. I definitely had him on benches. Tight end 11, 5, and 1 for the fantasy playoffs. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Noble touch. I'm just saying. Not Taysom Hill, (laughs) who makes it difficult to rank anything. Oh, God. All right. And last question. Last but certainly not least. Again, fantasy playoff. (laughs) Biggest letdowns. So who are your biggest letdowns in the playoffs? So this one's easy for me because these are the guys that you couldn't bench, even though they didn't have great seasons. Like you're in the playoffs, you're like, oh, got to trust my studs. Got to. I draft them as studs. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to lose with them on my bench. And they did not bring you any fantasy championships. It was Mahomes, mm-hmm. brutal in the playoffs. Absolutely. You have Tony Pollard. He was just good enough all year that you felt like you had to keep playing him. Brutal. Brutal. Mm. Stephon Diggs. How are 
are you going to bench Diggs? Completely second half of the season, though, he was awful. But you kept telling yourself, oh, it's a good matchup. Again, he did this last year, too. Yep. Yeah. Those are my three that, that I will share of. There was no way you felt good about benching them, so you didn't. And then you were immediately ejected out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you felt like as soon as you made the decision to bench them, they were going to really screw you. And you would rather see them fail again in your lineup than see them really relish on your bench. Yeah, it's tough. Those are tough calls. Real tough. I faced similar disappointment starting A.J. Brown throughout the playoffs where he did not finish as a wide receiver two or better. And then, you know, you might rewind time and remember back to the beginning of the season, the Dolphins are putting up 70 points in a game. And it's like, well, if the Dolphins could do this once every four games, you're going to love having the Dolphins. Well, if it was once every four games and the three games in between, those might have been the three weeks of the playoffs because <laughs> Tua never finished higher than QB 16 for the playoffs. He did finish as a QB 2 at least, but this is someone who went from upper middle of the QB tier to rising and rising and rising in the offseason as we were doing startups, coming back down to earth here at the end of the season. And then even in the actual playoffs, uh, Tua down. So, yep, certainly a disappointment there with Tua as well. And then, of course, Javante Williams, I thought he was going to pick up and keep doing better and better and better as the season went on after he was coming back off injury. And it didn't necessarily turn out that way. I'm still hopeful mm-hmm. for him for next year. But for me personally, I just really thought Javante Williams was going to keep going up and he didn't. So a little bit of a letdown. Oh, one last one. Sam Howell. Looking at what he did during the season, like I know Noble has him, had him on her uh, fantasy team. Got fish. As uh, well as Gino. I did. And Dak. There's three QBs who had QB1 performances during the regular season, occurring nine times or more. And that was Sam Howell, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. Sam Howell was a beast during the regular season. And then during the fantasy playoffs, QB29. He wasn't even. QB 38, QB 30. <laughs> like, it, 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 like he was benched for Brissette. Oh. It was what I worried about was going to happen during the regular season. Didn't happen. And he was like a fantastic value to regular season to get you the playoffs and get you knocked right out of the playoffs as soon as you get there. Yeah. So imagine having Dak and Howell. <laughs> That would be in disappointing. your playoffs. And I'm like, what is this? What if your third one was Gino? That'd be worse. Uh, except I had him. Yeah, and yeah, it all was three terrible. And I need therapy <laughs> after that season. I know. I'm like, oh my God, would I be better off not to play a quarterback? Maybe I'd be better off not to play a quarterback. <laughs> It was brutal. It was brutal. All right. Well, that wraps it up. What a fun show. Zach, we super appreciate you being on here today. You have such great outlooks in the fantasy world. Always enjoy your content. Very smart in the fantasy world. So if you're listening to this podcast, make sure that you are definitely listening to the advice of our very smart friend over here, Mr. Chalupa Batman. Appreciate it. (laughs) Get over to the X and make sure to follow him, like him. Um, you'll not only learn a lot of fantasy information, but also lots of alcoholic beverages. If you like drinking, he can teach you how to make some really fancy drink. And you will get hungry following him because he is always posting food. And I am always looking at it like, oh my God, I can like smell it through my screen. So yeah, between drinking and eating, Zach loves to put 
teasers out there in his speed. Thank you so much for coming on, man. You're like a combination of three things I love, which is fantasy football, Chalupas, and Batman. And that's like all one dude on Twitter. So if you're not already following him, make sure you, you follow him. Thank you so much for joining us on here. Uh, you've been one of our day one supporters when we were just three nerds that are just talking to each other once every two weeks, which, I mean, we still are, but uh, thank you for uh, coming and joining us and being uh, one of the three nerds for this week. Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. All right, so that ends this uh, episode of the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. As always, we hope we made your fantasy dreams come true. Peace. Peace. Wait, don't count yet. (laughs) There it is. I'm ready, Nick.